0: Radio Rumi Everyone, this is Fatima Keshavars, the host of Radio Rumi, welcoming you back to another episode. And let me also extend a welcome to new friends. Some people email me and let me know that they've just found out about our conversations on the poetry of Rumi. I am delighted to hear that. You're all welcome. This is a rather unusual episode. I guess you can say that every program in its own way is different, but this one is particularly different because I'm sitting here with two very important topics that seem to be, at least in the first instance, at odds with each other. One is a very happy and lively and energy-giving if you like. And that's the celebration of the Persian New Year, no ruse. And the other one is, of course, the virus we have all been struggling with. More accurately, the whole world has been struggling with. So let me first say a heartfelt happy no ruse, no ruse Mubarak to all who celebrate it. Iranians, Kurds, Tajiks, Afghans, all our brothers and sisters across the globe who celebrate the arrival of the spring on the 21st of March every year as their new year. The word Nowruz means a new day. Indeed, let us hope that this Nowruz will bring us a new day, a day... Enlivened with hope and love and the energy to do good for ourselves and for others. I'm going to return to this topic before the end of the episode because I really love to end our conversations on a hopeful note. So let me go to the sad topic the issue of the virus, COVID 19, that has kept the globe on its feet. We don't know exactly what to do with it, and we don't know how to help. Many of us are asked to stay home, and there is this energy in us that wants to do something about things. But, of course, there is no need for me to say that we have to all follow the instructions that come to us from those who know, those who are experts. But I gave it a little thought. I thought, how can I look for Rumi's wisdom when it comes to something as horrendous as a pandemic? And the following were some of the immediate thoughts that came to me. Then I looked to see what kinds of poems I can find about them. So one of my thoughts were, we are all very aware of this new ailment the coronavirus. Most likely, Rumi will say, okay, this is bad, we have to do something about it, but maybe this is an opportunity to think what are some of the true ailments of our times, particularly that many of them may go undetected because they don't kill us in the same way that a virus would. Or related to that would be what are some of the biggest questions of our times, maybe some of the questions we can ask. So here's what Rumi says in one of his ghazals: "Tabibe dar debi Rafire rahe bi All of this ghazal, except for the very last line that it has, it's all expressed in question form tabib-e dard-e bidarman koda o mast rafiq-e raah agar aql ast pas diwanagi chi ast va gar jaan pas jaanan koda so in a way he's saying let us ask these questions who is the physician who can address illnesses we deal with, which are without any cure. Also, let us ask, who is the friend we have? And he describes that friend as Rafiq Rahebi Payan, the co-traveler for this endless road. And of course, the endless road is life, even though we know there's an end to it. But as long as we live, it's an endless road that we are on. And then he says, If that co traveller is our wisdom, why do we have these moments of madness? And if our friend is our soul, then who is our soulmate? Why are we so deeply and desperately in need of soulmates? For as Doras Bahrô Yazoli Darunash Gohare and Son. So as you know well from Rumi's poetry, almost everything he does is a kind of soul-searching and asking about who I am, or rather, who am I? So here he poses that question in this way. The sea of the everlasting, that is, God. Laiazol is an adjective that he uses for God. So, The sea of the everlasting is filled with pearls. Let us look and find where is the pearl of the human soul, which is very interesting. I mean, these are not easy questions. And in a way, I don't think he expects us to find answers to them. But rather, he says, it is really important if you can make your life about some of these fundamental questions. In the process of doing that, he places the human soul like a gem, like a pearl, in the sea of the everlasting. In other words, we are not insignificant, we are not without value, and that's important to know because sometimes people think, this is what mystics say, life is worth nothing, just forget about life and think about afterlife. Well, that is not, definitely not what Rumi teaches us. He's also interested in the way things appear to us and our human curiosity to find out the true nature of things. Holomo Nast Ashyo Rokabo Mione bandegan Sultan Kodomast Khodo Jeshot Sarandar Fak Ojes Kesar Keshkist he says when you look at the appearance of things you do see that a lot of them are wearing the outfit of a slave that is they don't own themselves they belong to something else someone else a good deal of success a lot of money everlasting youth all of these things we can become slaves of these desires let us find out he says among these slaves who is the king again he's not prescribing it for us he's not saying go after a instead of b but do think about that and he's aware that that's a difficult difficult thing to think about and understand and says (inaudible) my head sometimes is helpless in thinking about these things, that who am I and who is the person who goes against these limits? Who's the person who's lost? In other words, there are many varieties of being in the world. And it's important being aware of which one means which. And then here is a touch of roomy humor. He says, Botemozon بِبَتْخَاوْنِ basijost." Beautiful idols sitting in this vast hall of idols, even they seek to understand what are the criteria that make some of them more beautiful and more desirable than others. And then he ends it with a last statement, which is in fact the only one, The only one which is not interrogative, is not a question. And that's his recommendation to us. He says, Why are you making an idol, a place of worship, out of these words? Don't do that. Look for a while for the lesson that those that are silent can teach us. And of course, a lot around us is silent. Some aspects of nature, some people around us don't say very much. The books sitting on our shelves, unless we make them talk, understand from their silence, they will remain silent. So going back to why I picked this particular ghazal, again, this has come up many times in our talks about Rumi. Rumi. The point for him is not to dictate a way of life. It is not to give us an ideal. Very, very rarely he does that too, but not often. What he always wants us to be able to do is to find the questions, the right questions to ask ourselves. And here, in this ghazal, we could see many of them. I'm moving on. Probably one of the lessons of pandemics or other natural disasters which overwhelm us is the simple lesson that we need to understand the limits of our abilities. We need to understand that there are times where we have to accept this and accepting it will make us stronger, stronger than being in the illusion that we are all-powerful. We have all of the tools at our disposal, we are invincible, and we can know and do whatever we like. Of course, I'm not suggesting that we should put down learning or science or underestimate it. Indeed, things would be so much easier so much more successful, so much happier if we would give more room to learning and science. But side by side with that, it is also important to know our limits. Let me read this beautiful gazelle to you, which I think Rumi does a couple of things at the same time. First, he turns around to the celestial figure, the moon, and of course, a qamar of the moon for him is talking to his beloved. Its light giving presence is a symbol of the beloved. So here he is entreating the beloved. Come towards me and open. Open your veils. Open your hidden beauty and let me see. Khobam Bebastei be ay qamar Basti the So he's admitting to his smallness You have taken away my sleep, my comfort, oh my beloved, my moon, open the curtain that covers your face. Allow me to prostrate myself in front of your beauty, the way. The rays of the sun do. Isn't it a beautiful metaphor? We prostrating people in front of the moon are the rays of the sun. At the same time, of course, the sun is giving the moon its light. So we are interconnected with the beloved from the point of view of beauty and energy in every possible way we can think of. At the same time, Rumi says, we have to admit our smallness. Domon to gereftam o dastam betafti Daman to gereftam o dastam betafti Hin dast dar keshidam rooy az matab I held on to the hems of your skirt Daman gereftan to hold on to someone's skirt or the hems of the skirt in Persian means asking for help I came to you for help and you pushed me aside you turned away, hindast, asked, Okay, I'm taking my hands away. Do not turn away from me. I accept, I'm smaller, I have limits, I need your light, I need your presence. Let me read to you these two Persian lines again. They're extremely musical and elegant. خوابم <laughs> به Hobam bibesti ebegoshow a gamer ne rop tosaj de ho ye shoganat pe shutov top. Dom on it a gereftam or dastam bitov de hin das darkashidam ruyasva fo mataub. And now here he does something else which is quite interesting and unusual for Gazals. Gazals do not usually give you a storyline. But Rumi likes to do that. So now he creates a new metaphor for himself, and a new metaphor for the beloved. He himself, or the humanity, if you like, because the eye he brings into the poetry is very often much larger than his own personal eye. His eye he compares to dust particles lowly on the surface of the earth. And the beloved is now Put in the place of the cloud, capable of pouring with rains that quench the thirst of the earth. It's also a very interesting way of helping us see the environment around us. As khak bish dar dil u janha yi atashin, mustasqiyan ke more than the dust particles around us, are hearts of the lovers burning in flames of love. Obviously, and holding their jugs up towards the sky and they're saying "op op," which means water, water, please. kon ke on soru bidastopal dar have mercy on the Earth, on the dust particles, because of the four elements, the wind, the fire, the water, and the earth. the dust particles are the lowliest and the least able to move and then he gives the solution vaja saboksbat vaja sabok shaba on ba pau. But even the dust particle, the earth, could become lightweight, could lose some of its great worries and concerns and feelings that weigh down. When it becomes light, the wind becomes its feet, its legs, and takes it forward. And on the shoulders of the wind, it can hop forward a couple of steps, still hoping for the rain clouds to drop waters on its dry and thirsty being. And then, this is very interesting, Persian poetry always compares the lightning to laughter, and he uses that. He says, "To khandegi radastaka on lang barq on The lightning sees that helpless, slow hopping in hope for rain on the part of the dust particles and it laughs out loud and then the thunder sings its song and takes the story one step forward. What are we getting close to? Of course, raindrops. Life-giving raindrops that the thirsty being of the dust is hoping for. Basagiyan abr Beguyat ke barjaheed Kez tishnigan It, the thunder, says to the cupbearers of the cloud, Move on, give some rain. These thirsty beings on earth are restless. In hope of water. And right at that instant, the cup bearers of the clouds move forward and bring their jugs and glasses and water skin. Mashk is very large, they carried it on the back of their shoulders in old times. To take water to the thirsty people. So here, the clouds, the cupbearers, come forward with jogs and with glasses and with water skins full of not only raindrops, but up or wine. So in this very, very colorful scenario of realizing their thirst, their limits, and asking for water, Rumi is asking us on the one hand to see that we can at times be smaller than dust particles. Don't forget that at other times he sees us as sunlight, but we can also be as small as dust particle. And when we ask for it, the clouds rain the way the dryness of the earth asks for the raindrops to come down. So going forward, Again, with what this really painful experience of the virus we are dealing with could teach us. And let me open a small parenthesis and say I am not downplaying the significance of this pandemic. I'm not saying let's read poetry and forget about it. The answers are in Rumi's words and we don't need to do anything else. Of course not. We are all affected by it. As I talk to you, I have relatives in Iran who are suffering from the virus. And I have those who have recovered from it. And I have friends here in the U.S., particularly one very dear friend in the city of St. Louis, where I used to live, who is ill. And I am wishing her all the best. Fortunately, there have not been any fatalities Among these people I know, I do hope sincerely and deeply that you would all have the same experience that your friends and relatives, if they happen to be hit by the virus, that they survive it and recover from it stronger and healthier than they were before. Let me end this topic of illness with Rumi's poetry, at least for now, I think I'm going to come back to it as it could be central to our well-being. But I want to read you a gazelle in which, again, Rumi uses the concept of illness to tell us that one thing that we can definitely learn from it is to develop patience and calmness of our inner state because that patience and that calmness can help us deal with issues. O Yene O Now I'm going to ask you to please don't understand this as if Rumi is praising illness. No, but he's saying illness is like a mirror in which I can see the reflection of my patience, my ability to deal with it. O Yeneya Also, the mirror, the mirror that a lover can use to see his or her own qualities is being sensitive. Gamkhaar is giving human support, affective support to those who are around you. So, the mirror that shows the love of a lover is the preparedness of that person. To give Ramhari تیمار, support for other people. Dar نباشد، Nanamo سبور که دل او یا When there is no pain, when everything is going just as we wish it to go, it is hard to see the depth of our patience. It is hard to see if we have that inner light to rely on Or, we have desensitized our senses and our being to other people's sadness and illness and harm. Now he says, having a mirror is a good thing. Often, in fact, people who feel they are beautiful are those who seek looking into a mirror. Those who don't avoid mirrors. But those who are beautiful are saying, Yes, give me that mirror. I'd like to see myself because my face is beautiful. It doesn't have any spots or freckles. Kalaf is a freckle. There's none of those on my face. And then he says, But Kalafi Boshat Ariyatist. O Daruwo. So that person could think of a mirror as a tool in which it could see the freckles, the spots, the things that he or she doesn't like to see on his face, on his skin, as long as he realizes that these are things that happen to you that could be taken away. قابل دارو تبفشاری است you can treat it you can take it away you can have a beautiful bright face if you work on it just as you can take the fever down tabafshari taking it down and then he says oh ye ne ranj the pharaoh do Zangyu Zangoriast that is probably the most effective and the deepest of the ghazal. He says the mirror of suffering has been away from a person like a like the Pharaoh, that powerful self centered being that thought of the world only in terms of what it could do for him. And of course, elsewhere, Rumi says, each one of us can turn into a pharaoh, but for now, we're going to leave that topic aside. Let's go back to the verse. The mirror of suffering has been away from pharaoh. Who has a face that is rusted over, just like the mirrors could be rusted over because mirrors were made of iron and they could rust? So the face of Pharaoh is covered in that kind of rust because he has never had the mirror of suffering to look into and say, let me have a soul-searching moment." Let me see what are the bigger questions of my time. What are my strengths and weaknesses? What am I doing for people who are asking for my help? And what are good ways of living? Am I living a meaningful life? All right, we are getting close to the end of this episode. So allow me to... End it with a ghazal which is about Nowruz, and once again say to all who celebrate the Nowruz Nourouz Mubarak and to all of you because the spring belongs to all of you. And here is a Nourouzi ghazal to end our episode today. Emruz jamal to bardi de mubarak ba Barmo havas de mubarak گلها چون میان بندد، بر جمله جهان خندد، ای برگل و صد چون گل خندیده مبارک باد. نوروز رو خد دیدم، نوروز رو خد دیدم، خوش عشق بباریدم، نوروز چنین باران باریده مبارک باد. Today the beauty of your face is auspicious to my eyes. My new ways of desiring you, filling my being, is auspicious to my being. The flowers are all out there, ready, laughing, but you, my beloved, laughing at all those flowers, and that is auspicious to my being. I saw the no-rules of your beautiful face, and tears poured down my eyes. No time and a gentle rain that is auspicious to all of us. No rooze ro khad didam, ashk be baridam. no chenin baran baride, mubarak bald. Till I talk to you soon again with the hope that you will all keep healthy and careful and mindful of those who might need our help. Take very good care. Goodbye.